Welcome to your Monday edition of Transformation Radio. My name is Andy Tisdale. I just wanted to give an affirmation out to Dan Davis. He stuck through me all the way through first phase. He kept me there. He, I look at him like an older brother now. Just the relationship that we gained is unbelievable. And I just want to thank him for that. 
And as we look into the New Testament reading for today, we'll be narrating from the book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 13 through 41. And we read in this chapter that the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Now, we may ask, when does this happen? Well, it happens when we confirm our faith. You see, when you believe in Jesus Christ, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Many people think they are converted, but do not have the Spirit's witness within. Paul could not build a church on men with an inadequate spiritual experience. And you know what? Neither can we today. We must be honest with God. It happens when we confess our sins. That's what happens uh, when the word of the Lord grows mightily and prevails, when we confess our sins. The devil, see, is a great imitator, great counterfeiter. But in this case, his attempt was a humiliating failure. The Lord used it for good because the believers became convicted about their secret sins and confessed them. Then the Spirit could work in mighty power and the word increased. And when we confront the enemy, Paul did not openly attack their idolatry by picketing the temple of Diana or petitioning the city government. No, he simply shared the word and lives were changed. Of course, the real issue was money, not religion. Paul was wise not to go into the theater, although we admire him for his courage. But the riot only called attention to the gospel and gave the believers more opportunity to witness. Circumstances that look like obstacles are really opportunities when you let God work. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. June 29th, the New Testament, Acts chapter 19, verses 13 through 41. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus, to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them, who had been practicing sorcery, brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia and Achaia before going to Jerusalem. And after that, he said, I must go on to Rome. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, ahead to Macedonia while he stayed a while longer in the province of Asia. About that time, serious trouble developed in Ephesus concerning the way. It began with Demetrius, a silversmith who had a large business manufacturing silver shrines of the Greek goddess Artemis. He kept many craftsmen busy. He called them together, along with others employed in similar trades, 
and addressed them as follows. Gentlemen, you know that our wealth comes from this business. But as you have seen and heard, this man Paul has persuaded many people that handmade gods aren't really gods at all. He's done this not only here in Ephesus, but throughout the entire province. Of course, I'm not just talking about the loss of public respect for our business. I'm also concerned that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will lose its influence, and that Artemis, this magnificent goddess, worshipped throughout the province of Asia and all around the world, will be robbed of her great prestige. At this their anger boiled, and they began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city was filled with confusion. Everyone rushed to the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, who were Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. Paul wanted to go in, too, but the believers wouldn't let him. Some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, also sent a message to him, begging him not to risk his life by entering the amphitheater. Inside, the people were all shouting, some one thing and some another. Everything was in confusion. In fact, most of them didn't even know why they were there. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexander forward and told him to explain the situation. He motioned for silence and tried to speak. But when the crowd realized he was a Jew, they started shouting again and kept it up for two hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! At last, the mayor was able to quiet them down enough to speak. Citizens of Ephesus, he said, everyone knows that Ephesus is the official guardian of the temple of the great Artemis, whose image fell down to us from heaven. Since this is an undeniable fact, you should stay calm and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here, but they have stolen nothing from the temple and have not spoken against our goddess. If Demetrius and the craftsmen have a case against them, the courts are in session, and the officials can hear the case at once. Let them make formal charges, and if there are complaints about other matters, they can be settled in a legal assembly. I am afraid we are in danger of being charged with rioting by the Roman government, since there is no cause for all this commotion, and if Rome demands an explanation, we won't know what to say. Then he dismissed them, and they dispersed. Today we're reading in Psalm 147, verses 1 through 20. Praising the Lord is the highest exercise of your faculties. He is worthy of praise, and you should praise Him whether or not you think your praise is accomplishing anything in your life. However, there are some blessings that come to those who worship Him in truth. You know, praise brings spiritual beauty to God's people. It builds His work and unifies His people. Praise heals the inner person and lifts the fallen. Praise is good medicine. Praise makes God's world real and personal to you, even uh, the storms, and uh, it's great protection against the enemy. Praise pleases the Lord and enables Him to work in your life. Praise must never become a pragmatic device just for getting something from God, you know, getting God's blessings. When you sincerely praise Him, the blessings will come. Praise changes things, and it changes people. 
Now the book of Psalm, chapter 147, verses 1 through 20. Praise the Lord. How good to sing praises to our God. How delightful and how fitting. The Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble, and He brings the wicked down into the dust. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with a harp. He covers the heavens with clouds, provides rain for the earth, and makes the grass grow in mountain pastures. He gives food to the wild animals and feeds the young ravens when they cry. He takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. No, the Lord's delight is in those who fear Him, those who put their hope in His unfailing love. Glorify the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For He has strengthened the bars of your gates and blessed your children within your walls. He sends peace across your nation and satisfies your hunger with the finest wheat. He sends His orders to the world, how swiftly His word flies. He sends the snow like white wool. He scatters frost upon the ground like ashes. He hurls the hail like stones. Who can stand against His freezing cold? Then, at His command, it all melts. He sends His winds, and the ice thaws. He has revealed His words to Jacob, His decrees and regulations to Israel. He has not done this for any other nation. They do not know His regulations. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 4 and 5. Wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. It is not right to acquit the guilty or deny justice to the innocent.
us by With what I've given to you I'm discontent With the singing of songs Thank you.
Hello, my name is Jay Lucas, and I pastor a church in Washington Courthouse, Ohio. And I just want to take a moment and speak to uh, the parents and the families of uh, people who are now uh, in the refuge. I'd like to just speak to the family members for a moment. Uh, over the years, I have had the, the privilege of bringing many guys uh, to the refuge and seeing their lives change. But uh, it never meant more to me, the refuge that is, until it was my own son. And it was last year, uh, the summer of 2014, that my wife Becky and I uh, brought our son, uh, who was at that time 23 years old and was addicted to heroin, uh, brought him to the refuge. And uh, what a surprise that was for us. We had brought other men to the refuge over the years, never expecting that, that someday uh, we would be here not as pastor and wife, but as mom and dad. And uh, so those of you, uh, your family members, uh, I just want to tell you that the refuge was the thing that, that God used, uh, I believe, to spare uh, the life of our son and give him a renewed relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're, we are not in any way, uh, in the slightest, uh, embarrassed or ashamed uh, to let people know about the struggles that we had, uh, even within our own family. You know, pastor of a fairly large church, and uh, you know, it might, might be tempting to say, well, we don't want people to know that uh, one of our own family members is, is a drug addict. But uh, who cares? I mean, who, who cares about human pride? Uh, as a matter of fact, pride is, is something that the sooner we're done with, the better. And so uh, we're not uh, at all ashamed uh, to share our testimony, nor is our son. And uh, he is now uh, working full-time. He's walking with the Lord. Uh, he, he's a new man. And we give God the glory and God the credit for that. But God uses uh, human instruments to accomplish his will. And in the life of our son, uh, God used uh, the people of the refuge, uh, not only the pastors and staff, but, but the other guys who were going through the program at the same time that our son was going through it. Uh, these were the instruments that God chose to use. So for you family members, hang in there and know that there's, there's people praying for you. And God is faithful. You know, the Lord never promised that following him would, would mean that we'd be spared uh, difficulties and trials and hardships. God's never made that promise. As a matter of fact, our God is so honest he has told us that there are always going to be storms in life. But the wonderful thing, when that storm hits you and it hits your family and you're in that little boat in the middle of the sea and the waves seem like they're going to just capsize you, remember this. Uh, the Lord, well, he's in the boat with you. And uh, the wind and the waves, they obey his voice. So trust him, expect good things, and know that there's people praying for you. God bless you and you guys at the refuge. You keep walking with the Lord. Hi, I'm Pastor Buddy Owens. I want to welcome you to day 13 of Daring Faith Devotions. 
trust God for a second or third or fourth chance. Our verse today is Romans 5.1. The Bible says, By faith we have been made acceptable to God. And now, because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live at peace with God. Most of us could use a second chance, sometimes even a third or fourth chance. But the good news is that Jesus is all about second chances. Jesus said, I didn't come to judge the world, but to save it. And that means God doesn't stand behind you and shake his head disapprovingly when you blow it. You don't need to feel ashamed about your past failures because God is not ashamed of you. Let me say that again. God is not ashamed of you. Too many people go through life feeling guilty, judged, and criticized by God. And they have no desire to spend time with the critical God that they've imagined in their heads, the one they're sure is disappointed with them. It takes faith to get past this false image and to believe that God loves you unconditionally. The truth is, Jesus died in your place on the cross, and through faith in him, you are right now completely acceptable to God. The Bible says in Romans 5.1, by faith we have been made acceptable to God, and now, because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live at peace with him. So let me ask you, are you at peace with God? God wants to give you his best, no matter how many times you failed in the past. The Bible says that through Jesus, you have complete access to God and his power in your life. You don't have to wait until you get your life together. You get all the amazing benefits of being a child of God today. Your life will be completely transformed if you become consistently aware of God's unconditional and never-ending love for you. Instead of letting your past failures define you, my prayer is that you will fully understand God's great love for you. And I pray that His love will give you the power to get up when you fall down. Let's pray together. And I want you to pray this way in your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the God of second chances. And I've lost count of how many second chances you've given me. But I thank you that you always do. Thank you, Jesus, that because of your death and resurrection, I am now completely acceptable to God. And as your word says, the old life is gone. A new life has begun. So please help me to live in the new life that you've given me. And help me to remember that your love is unconditional, inexhaustible, and unescapable. You will always love me, and you will always give me another chance. I thank you, Lord, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.